y dos. Y dos. Una. Y dos. Una. Y dos. Hello and welcome to Cortez NYC live stream, the podcast. This show broadcasts out of New York City. We are your hosts, Cortez NYC and Carla de Puerto Rico. And on this show, we talk about art, creativity, city life from a Latino perspective. I'm a visual artist. And I'm a singer. And this is episode 96, Four Little Piggies. As always, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and Spotify, and on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And don't forget my online store, CortezNYC.BigCartel.com. You can find some of my merchandise, my graffiti merchandise, and you can help support a local artist. Um, also, we want to give a shout out. Uh, last weekend, we were fortunate enough to be part of an event put together by uh, Robert Cornegie Jr., Joseph Grant Jr., Five Points Creates, Mears One, and Marie Flejul. I uh, just want to give all you guys a shout out. It was a great time. I was humbled to be a part of that. Um, and let's get on with the show. I had no solutions, Carla. No solutions. No solutions. Not no new friends, just no solutions. Yeah. That's my song. Got no solutions. <laughs> I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted and I got no solutions. That's right. Too much overthinking. Too much overthinking, too much overworking, um, too much isolation. Mm -hmm. It's all bearing down on us. Mm -hmm. We're back, people. We're back. Um, We're back. You know, when we first started this whole covid situation this quarantine situation i thought we were gonna have episodes every week i know i thought we were gonna be like <laughs> like gangster like every week was gonna be like what three episodes five episodes and what we ended up doing is we ended up um tail spinning into re i think we started reevaluating our priorities yeah and also you know having new schedules to follow that and too I don't know, also like having the need of to socialize with friends. I think that happened like within the first like Yeah. First yeah. month. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's reevaluating your priorities. All of a sudden like it's more important to have uh Zoom chats yeah. with loved ones than um, you know, recording a podcast to mm -hmm. out into the air, yeah. <laughs> into into the uh, internet. Yeah, yeah. Um but but regardless though, uh we're back um you know, with all the stuff going on right now, specifically uh, talking about the protests, uh, the killing of George Floyd, um, the all the situations going on out there in the media and in the streets, in the actual streets. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, we were like, man, like we were got wrapped up in it, and yeah. we're like, we can't ignore it on the podcast. Um, I don't think this podcast. I mean, we, we talk about things, but I don't think we've ever been like hardcore political, mm -hmm. but we have talked about our politics and what we feel. Yeah. And I think this is going to be the same situation here. I don't think we're going to get um, 
we don't we're not, we're not going to bring any solutions to this mm -hmm. and we're not going to speak for uh, movements that are going on out there there's so many different movements so many different agendas yeah um many things you know and now we even just finished watching a press conference with the police union they have their agenda they're, now exactly. now they're they're protesting and they're <laughs> the victims everybody's uh, <laughs> coming out so i don't think we have any solutions for this but I, what i do think is on, on this podcast this has been a good opportunity always for us uh, maybe more me than you, but uh, I think you've also done it. This is more of an opportunity for us to vent, to get out some of these demons, kind of get some ideas out on the table, mm -hmm. kind of um, think it through. And, and we invite you guys, as always, to listen to this podcast and think it through with us. Yeah. You don't have to agree with us. Um, and, and you know, if you don't have to agree with us, but you don't have to argue with us, with us either. <laughs> But um, we can come to an understanding. Yeah, this is more like let's all agree to be alone together. Yeah. Let's, let's all agree to have different opinions, but together. Right. <laughs> As one. <laughs> um, no, I, I invite you guys to do this exercise with us. Just kind of go through this process. Let's just kind of document, you know, what, what's happening in our lives right now and kind of what do we feel about it. That's all we can do. Um, we don't have real deep solutions. We're not politicians like that. Um, all our politicians are fucked up, in my opinion. Yeah. From the president down, all everybody's everybody can be criticized. Everybody has two sides, three sides to them. So, I don't think any politician is going to come in and, and solve this. Mm -hmm. um, but I did want to document it. I felt that it would be irresponsible um, for a podcast that is about Latin culture, artists, um, New York life, city yeah. life. Uh, I think we should be discussing this because this is a, a city topic. And this is a topic that is affecting all of us um, that are uh, racially ambiguous, racially mixed, uh, black, white, uh, Spanish, Asian. That are, that are close to us. and Everybody. Yeah. This affects everybody. So, um, so I thought it would be important for us to at least document it on our podcast that, yes, we were here. This did happen. And yeah. Okay. So, Carla, why don't you bring us some facts on what's the situation right now with George Floyd? Yeah. So, um, on May 25th... Uh, the police was called from an employee from a convenience store called the police because um, he said that George Floyd bought cigarettes with a counterfeit $20 bill. And 17 minutes after the squad car arrived at the scene, Mr. Floyd was unconscious on the floor and not responsive. The officers that went uh, to arrest him at that time was Derek Chauvin. Yeah. Thomas Lane, yeah. J. Alexander Quang, and Tao Thao. Gotcha. Um, Good enough. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, trying there. Uh, the day after this happened, the police department fired all four officers. And what happened exactly in that event is that they um, arrested George Floyd and then... For some reason, uh, according to the video that I, I think we all have seen, they put him on the floor and specifically Derek Chauvin uh, put his knee in George Floyd's neck. So for a while, George, you, you can hear it's, it's eight minutes and 13 seconds, if, if I'm correct. Um, for a while, you, you hear George Floyd saying, I cannot breathe, everything hurts. Um, and then you just don't hear him anymore yeah he was even calling out for his mom and earth it was it was i don't know if you saw that but that yeah i heard that audio that's very yeah that's crazy that's like really um 
heart wrenching. It's it's cruel. And it's, and yeah. the other three officers were there. Um, and then there's there's another view that shows the other three officers even also on top of him. So, so, um, in other type of his of his body, but yeah, the big the big thing about this situation is that obviously, whenever these things happen and they happen too often, that especially an African American man is is killed um, by cops. Yeah. Um, th and this situation was so obvious. The man was not resisting. The man was unconscious. He was on the floor, and they still put the, their body weight mm -hmm. four cops on top of him, or three cops on top of him. Um, and you know, it was just too, it's just too clear. It was just too clear cut in, in everybody's eyes. The, the, the video said it all. Yeah. Well, I'm going to continue with yep. the facts. On May, uh, May 29th, the Hennepin County attorney, Mike Freeman, announced third degree murder and second degree manslaughter charges against Derek Chauvin. Um, the officers seen mostly, mo most clearly in witness witnesses video, pinning Mr. Floyd to the ground. Gotcha. Chauvin kept his knee on Mr. Floyd's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds. On June 3rd, the Hennepin County prosecutors added more serious second-degree murder charges against Chauvin, and also charged the other officers, Thomas Lane. J. Alexander Kung and Tao Tao with aiding and abetting second degree murder. Um, and that, that's basically what has been happening until now in terms of the, how the actual case, correct? The, the actual case, and then also, you know, how the department in Minneapolis, this happened in Minneapolis and how the department and the government over there had been reacting to the case. But it was crazy that when it first happened, they were still, they, they said that they didn't have enough evidence. Yeah, that they, were video, they were just gathering. They were just gathering. Two videos of police officers, like literally killing a man. Suffocating him. It oh. wasn't enough. Like it, it wasn't enough. They, they showed the full eight minutes from uh, George Floyd talking and saying he cannot breathe to being completely unconscious and uh, shoving, still having his knee on George Floyd's neck. It's crazy. How is it that you need more evidence? The other, the other issue about this was um, in when they first did an autopsy, they had the same guy who did the autopsy for several other state killings and um, you know, that went in, the, in favor of the state. And yeah. the, this guy that did the autopsy at first kind of quoted that he, uh, he had pre-existing conditions that, that, that might have contributed to his death. Yeah, that, that he had, um, that he had uh, got some narcotics or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they were that trying to say that he, that he was on drugs or he was, uh, he was drunk. Crazy. It was all kinds of crap. And then the family hired a private uh, person to do the... The, their autopsy. own independent person yeah. to do the autopsy and that person found that yeah he died of as asphyxiation you know being choked mm -hmm. um yeah i mean so obviously this is an ongoing case so we don't have solutions or facts as to like who's guilty who's not and what's going to happen yeah. but the way it's going looks like they were it's obvious that they were trying to cover it up yeah or trying to buy time to cover it up yeah to find other ways to cover it up but quickly, everybody saw everything. It was too clear cut, and people took to the streets to protest. People took the streets, yeah. Um, I think the protesting this time, I mean, we've seen protesting before throughout 
the different cities mm-hmm. in America and around the world. Yeah. Um, and uh, we were just looking at some old footage of like, you know, 2014 for the yeah. Eric Garner case when Eric Garner also was killed by unnecessarily police. by police, um, where there was a lot of protesting and even cops were killed. And mm-hmm. there was a lot of things that went down and Black Lives Matter really put their, that the movement put their signature on the map of, of everything. Like, hey, they, whenever this is happening, you know, remember Black Lives Matter. Right. I think in this case, um, it mattered more than ever. I think you could just see uh, that video was evidence that the police really feel that black lives don't matter. Yeah. It was just and so obvious the way they just let it happen, let his death happen. Yeah, and, and like we have been talking a lot about this, but I've been um, telling Chris that this is like the perfect storm. Everybody's inside their yeah. houses. There's another yep. thing happening that is very clear. It's a pandemic. And even during a pandemic, police officers just cannot resist. Like they have to just be brutally... Uh, imposing their force yeah against against and we know and we know that this is against specifically um, african-americans black people and then also communities of colors and communities that are poor because the same thing not the same thing they didn't kill anybody but uh, police officers were enforcing the law in a very brutally brutal way in here in the bronx right so it was crazy but yeah, I feel like like everything kind of like came together for people to react and say no more. And like there was no other, there was not that many distractions so that people couldn't escape the reality yeah. of what's happening in the United States. And I, I think that's a blessing. I mean, the, uh, the curse of it is that, um, and I was kind of like hinting at it before, I do see, because everybody's got free time, I do see too many cases too many different oh, opinions yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, out in the streets. Definitely. I see I see everybody, you know, raising their own flags and, and getting in, in their own pedestal, taking advantage of the moment to, to speak up for themselves. Definitely. Um, I don't I don't think that's I don't think it's negative because hey, if you want to say something, say it. You know, you have it's there's free speech and, and everybody has a right to speak up and and if this coincides with your cause, that's great. Right. But, um, but I do so think many this, voices. I do think right now, um, and I think more than ever, we saw it on social media, this whole thing with the uh, uh, show, 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 not support, but like show unity. Yeah. A sign of unity, you know, show, uh, post uh, black squares on your social media. Um, people posting information and spreading information and reposting information. Uh, people that maybe never before felt connected to this yeah. suddenly feel like like the timing was for them to be connected for whatever reason um, mm-hmm. to this to this to identifying with the victim yeah um, that it was clear cut this person was a victim he was an innocent person yeah um, I think I think the uh, the protests started as a, a, a positive thing mm-hmm. quickly it escalated uh, into uh, news of and video clips of people looting yeah, let me tell you a little bit about that. So Go for it. the protest began in Minneapolis on May 26th, so a day a day after George Floyd was killed, um, following the killing of George Floyd. And on May 31st, uh, protests have turned violent in various cities, and that's what happened. It started in Minneapolis when they went all out, and then it kind of like transferred to other cities. By early June, protests has been organized in all 50 United States states, as well as territories. 
and at least 200 cities imposed curfews by June 3rd, while at least 27 states and Washington DC activated over 74,000 National Guard personnel due to the mass unrest. Uh, by June 6, protests over Floyd's death had spread worldwide. Protests in Europe, Australia, Africa, and elsewhere have um, have been against the the that they perceive as racial discrimination and police brutality. And on the weekend of June 7 and 8, surfers around the world held a paddle out. It, that is a Hawaiian morning tradition. Mm. And what is um, very interesting to me is that there's already a Wikipedia kind of like article for George Floyd protest. Mm. So it's, 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 it's... The news is happening fast. Yeah. It's being it's documented very quickly. Very quickly, exactly. Um, I, I saw, um, I think I saw today or yesterday, I was seeing images in Bristol, in, in London. There, there was like... You know how over here we've been we've been going around uh, taking down Confederate old Confederate uh, imagery statues and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. In Bristol and London, uh, uh, they took down a, a slave trader. I saw that. Um, they took the the statue down and of then... a famous slave trader and they, they graffitied it up and dumped it into the river. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean that kind of thing that is worldwide and quickly and as passionate with the same passion that people have here. That didn't happen previously. I'm glad it is happening. Um, I, I, you know, I, I saw in the media the things about the looting, then the looting and the vandalism. You know, looting being that you're going into stores, smashing windows and stealing stuff. Mm-hmm. Vandalism, you know, people turning over cop cars and just burning stuff. Yeah. Just burning cop cars for the hell of burning it. They're not stealing anything. They're not thieves. Yeah. They're more like arsonists. Yeah. Um, and, and then protesters, right, um, that are protesting and, and protesting in a way like for the photo ops, you know, they're going in front of the cops and tempting yeah. the cops and screaming at the cops face to face so that somebody will take a picture of them. Yeah. You know, there's all kinds of ways that people are handling this. Mm-hmm. I felt like my first impression was like, fuck it, let everybody do whatever they got to do. Exercise these demons, get it out of you, get it out of your system. And then and is hopefully- they're not killing anybody. Exactly. <laughs> and then hopefully it'll come to people getting a more awareness of what's happening. Yeah. And then maybe people come into the table. Yeah. And and we have seen, and there's been people documenting that and posting that things have changed. Laws and bills are being uh, moved forward and pushed forward rapidly. Uh, the Minneapolis police, uh, there's bills in place to disband them. Yeah. Um, and, and even the fact that they raised the charges on the police officers on the, and exactly. they got the other three police officers, that because tells you something. Initially, initially, it was third degree. It was third murder. degree just to the one, one guy. Shop and in. now they have them at second degree. At second degree and taking the other three. I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if they go to first. Yeah. Um, but look, I mean, I think, like I said, we don't have solutions. We just wanted to document it. Mm-hmm. Basically, all we're doing is documenting it on here. Yeah. I know you guys out there probably have a lot of mixed feelings about this or maybe very solid feelings about it. Mm-hmm. Um, some of you guys are out there trying to debate it. Uh, some of you just want to be left alone, and I, and I respect that. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not here to give you more of this and overwhelm you. Uh, we just wanted to kind of document it. But then I mean, at the same it's time, that we cannot ignore it. No, it's we what's can't happening. ignore it. Exactly. You cannot ignore it. If you're out there ignoring it, completely ignoring it, I understand yeah. if you acknowledge it and you say you just don't want to discuss it. Yeah. But if you're ignoring it, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. Because this is, this is something that's been going on for a long time. And... 
uh, right now people and that's are, the not, thing. are not being you're not allowed to ignore it right yeah. now no, like, and, and that's the thing like this is not just one case this is many like it's hundreds it's thousands it's yeah. it's incredible and and the thing is that now i think this was the time where what i have seen in the protests is that everybody's coming out yeah black white yellow uh racially ambiguous everybody's Tra coming out transgender yeah because <laughs> everybody everybody say, who's been everybody who's been bashed or or abused by systems of power yeah when you say black lives matter then you have to to acknowledge everybody within the black lives matter yeah just trans gays and and everybody. i think i think now people aren't seeing black lives matter as the organization anymore i think they, they this is almost a me too moment where people can just say me too right like black lives matter lets you know like yeah i also feel that black lives matter yeah. as an individual yeah um and listen man new york we were already under lockdown they imposed curfews yeah last week last week they imposed curfews because of the protest and i'm still saying you know what fuck it let them protest mm -hmm. let them protest it, it was more because of the riots and looting because on i think it was last week on monday or so Something happened and they went into 34th Street and they uh, looted Macy's right. and everything else. Gucci and yeah. all kinds of places. They did Soho first and yeah. then they did 34th Street. Look, if 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 you um, if you're if you're part of the police department, right, and the you have a police system, a police system is there to enforce laws. That's their only job is to enforce laws, right? Mm -hmm. They they're enforcers, and they're crooked. And you and you stop you, you stop breaking that deal with civilians with society yeah. that says hey we'll enforce the laws as long as you guys obey them mm -hmm. and then you have innocent people dying people start to feel like you know what why be good why yeah. follow the laws if you guys are not going to enforce the laws correctly why should we even follow them yeah. and what people are going to do is they're going to go out there and break the laws that they feel comfortable breaking whether it's looting you know stealing whether it's burning stuff or whether it's protesting and showing civil unrest. Mm -hmm. um, but people are going to do what they're going to do. You lost control. Yeah. You know, you as uh, the organization that is a system of control and all that, you guys abuse your power. And I don't, I don't, see, I don't see that this is uh, unexpected. I, I'm, I feel like they should have expected it and they should have already have in place a better protocol between the police and its citizens instead of playing victims or saying oh no blue lives matter or whatever the hell they want to say or say hey we you know we're undergunned or whatever instead of doing all that they should have a better protocol by now to be able to to say we side with you and yeah. it's not just taking a knee it's we side with you we walk with we want to hear your anger we want to yeah we want to hear your anger we, we want, want to walk meet with, with you. the community Correct. we have to talk to we want to talk to you we don't want to police you we want to understand you correct um, but unfortunately, they didn't. Unfortunately, they took the protesters head on, yeah. started bashing them, start, uh, met them with tear gas, mm -hmm. uh, met them uh, cornering them on bridges, um, doing things that were aggressive, unnecessarily aggressive or uh, proactively aggressive yeah. that escalated things. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, one last point on this. You know, we even had, I, I hadn't seen uh, protests for Black Lives Matter here in Flushing, Queens. Yeah. And last weekend, we finally saw that and we caught up with them and we joined them for yeah. a little bit yeah. uh, but it was really moving to see uh, Latinos um, African Americans Asians white all different uh, yeah. there was uh, uh, South Asian and Indians and, and yeah. That, yeah, you yeah, know yeah, yeah. 
all t- everybody that you would see in Flushing all together there and they were all for, for the, the same, same on the same cause this is not right this has to stop mm-hmm. um, the abuse of power has to stop yeah you know and everybody's saying black lives matter un- unashamed yeah. you know what I mean not shying away from it because it's time you know what I mean yeah. like this this is a global problem that's been going on for centuries um, before be, before we can change or, uh, or make a revolution happen in the streets, we have to have a revolution in our own minds and in our own souls. Yeah. We have to change the way we see other races, us, them, them, us, and realize that it's all of us together. Yeah. We're yeah. all together. We're one. We're a human race. Talk, Carla. As if yeah. we're not already doing culture talk. We're gonna keep the conversation going. Oh, my art podcast got do. taken over. <laughs> I don't have Cultural, an art podcast. Yes. What happened to my graffiti? I won. Po- I won. What happened to my graffiti podcast? I was supposed to have a graffiti podcast. We're gonna come back. Guys, go back to episode one or episode two. It was supposed to be a graffiti art podcast, and it's been we're taken over. We're gonna come back. We're gonna come back. Um. All right, but uh, culture talk. What are we talking about this time, Carla? So we're going to talk about our experience um, with everything that's happening, but specifically as Latinos, how do we feel about it and how is this um, situation changing and opening conversations between our communities, um, how it's opening minds to new terms that maybe we didn't thought about before and also uh, in the broad spectrum as Latinos but for example for me specifically as Puerto Rican this case specifically has brought a lot of um, kind of like unsolved issues between our Puerto Rican culture that it has been very interesting to see. Problematic, but I think it's good that we're having these conversations and that we're opening up to it. Um, for, I, I, yeah, 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 let me just jump in real quick. So, so for some of you that might not understand uh, the issue there, uh, people that might not be Latin or might not uh, have been paying attention to this, um, there have been situations where there have been Latinos in social media, uh, Puerto Ricans, Dominicans, uh, speaking against the Black Lives Matter movement, mm-hmm. uh, Black Lives Matter movement, um, saying like, hey, just let them kill themselves or let them do that to them. You do you in your neighborhood. Don't do it over here in our neighborhood. Um, there's been these kind of situations that have been very, it's, it's disgraceful. It's disgusting. Um, but then it, also it's, it's, not, it's not Latinos that I would identify with. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's embarrassing in that sense. Yeah. But I don't, I don't own them. So it's not on me. But at the same time, I felt like we had to have these conversations, you and I, and then, yeah. you know, we, we were looking forward to having more conversations with a few more guests that we're going to bring we on. We might have, and we might continue this conversation because I think it's so, uh, it's, it's, it's deep. It's a deep conversation. It's many layers. It's not just one thing or the other. And it's not that one thing is right and another thing is wrong. Right, But it's Correct. just to it's come to an understanding of what was our experience 
growing up as uh, growing up in New York, growing up in Puerto Rico, growing up in, in the Caribbean or South America, Latin America, yeah. whatever it is. And then to realize the things that we have been negating because we didn't saw it. And then once that we are here all together in the United States or New York or in a state, how are we going to deal with it? Um, and, and that this Black Lives Matter movement and this this um, this call to action yeah. that Black Lives Matter the statement yeah. you know is is demanding uh, is global. Right. So when you say ah that's just you know uh, African Americans in the United States or that's just Ooh. them over there, no yeah, no homie it's in that. your it's in your neighborhood it's in your family it's, it's part in of your you. home like it's it's not there's there's no way you can say that's them. And yeah. that's not that's me. it's all of us there's a system a global system that has affected all the countries yeah um, but um, okay so I guess let me backtrack a little bit mm-hmm. um, the, the question of for a few years now there's been a question of Latinos afro Latinos what are you know what is Latino what is it to be Latino or Latina uh, yeah. then people started coming up with the phrase Latinx um, to include uh, the gender the different genders because gender is, is a big issue now it's a big hot yeah. topic non-binary non-binary non however you want to identify or if you don't want to identify correct as yeah um, uh, some people feel that afro Latino doesn't identify everybody some people feel that right. Latino doesn't identify everybody um, we I, saw it's something that <laughs> that um, actually came up is that we have seen a lot of posts on social media saying that Latinos for Black Lives Matter is not uh, it's kind of like it's not a solidarity phrase because according to some people that I've seen posted online is negating that there is black people within the Latino community right um so what do I, you think about and well so that's what we were going to explore and we wanted to explore it right here and i mean obviously the listeners can't communicate back and forth with us so it's just going to be you and me exploring yeah. this from our perspective yeah um and if you guys don't know me if this is the first time listening um i'm latino by family by blood my family's from colombia i'm first generation born in new york mm-hmm. um i'm latino uh, by birth i was born in new york Um, New York is a, is a hub of all these different Latin cultures. Yeah. Uh, it's the gate to many Latin cultures um, and many different cultures. And I think it's also like the birth of Latinos because of the union of different um, countries, Latin American countries coming together to one city yeah. to, to, you know, I mean, I mean, I would, I would say if you, if, if you have to ask me, Chris, what, is, what does it mean for you to be Latino? If you'll give me the, the microphone and to ask me, what does it mean for you to be Latino? I would say it's the music, it's the Latin jazz, it's the Latin hip hop, it's the uh, urban Latinos, it's the Puerto Ricans, the Cubans, the Dominicans, it's uh, all my Caribbean people, it's all the Latin American people, the Ecuadorians, the, uh, the South Americans, the Central Americans, it's all of it's the Mexicans, it's the Chicanos, it's all of us together um, with our... Um, With our, our cousins that we, I would consider cousins, our, our Haitians and our uh, mi- other mixed, uh, you know, people that are uh, half black, half Puerto Rican, half this, half that, you know, all these other mixtures yeah. that uh, West Indians, you know, to me, that is what I identify with because I'm a New Yorker. I identify with all those cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't put mine above theirs. And I and when I see that their culture is being uh 
downplayed or abused or, mm-hmm. or slandered, I, I step up to say, why? Why would you do that? Like, right. why are you destroying any cultures? Yeah. Um, so to me, Latino is a culture. Um, but if you don't know me, people listening to my voice and you never met me, you know, I'm very light-skinned. I'm very mm-hmm. light-skinned. You would see me. I've sometimes been described as you look Italian or you look Greek. Um, sometimes I've been told I look Puerto Rican. Sometimes I've been told that uh, I just look white, you know. Uh, everybody has their own view. Yeah. Um, I think I'm one of those people that I am, and I was. we were having this conversation, but I feel that I am like racially disambiguous. Uh, if I can Ambiguous? Use, disambiguous. Like, disambiguous. Like not, uh, ambiguous. Ambiguous, ambiguous. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like that you can't really tell exactly what where, what's my mixture, right? Yeah. Yeah, but you know that I'm mixed. I'm not just one thing or the other. Right. Um, but I think that I grew up like that. I grew up in cult, in different, uh, walking different paths with people in that skin. Yeah. That's the skin that I grew up in, and I've I've always identified like that. I never had a problem with that. Um, uh, do I think that um, in this Black Lives Matter moment? Uh, I have to come to terms with my, let's say, light skin privilege. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, and I think in the past I have. I remember in the 90s, I, I had to come to terms with some of my, um, some of the negative things that I heard growing up and that was brought on me about other races that I had to kind of come to terms and realize like, like, wow, that's a real thing. It really was put on me and I really have it in my head and I have to let it go. Right. And, and, and not carry that forward. Yeah. Um, and respect, you know, other other cultures that way. Um, I yeah. think, but I think that's part of my experience of, of going through these things. Yeah. Um, but that 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 racial mixture is something that I always identified with. I might be on the lighter side of it. Yeah. But I know I'm mixed, mm-hmm. and I know because I know that I'm mixed, and I know that I can exist this way. I know that there are other people in the Latin culture we've all identified with mixed races and 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 appreciating the mixture. Yeah. Um, I I consider that. The benefits or the uh, positive things that I learned uh, in my Latino experience, that my American experience, my, you know, uh, speaking in English to other Americans and all kinds of stuff and going into more predominantly white uh, settings, Mm -hmm. I've seen that they like to keep everything black and white. Right. And they want to keep it that way. Yeah. And they don't understand the grays, the browns, the, the in-between colors, the, the shades. Yeah. They don't understand it. And they, because they don't understand it, they don't want to deal with it. They want to simplify everything to black and white. Yeah. And I've, I've dealt with that. And, and um, so I think in this moment with the Black Lives Matter thing, I, I feel like I'm the first one to jump forward and be like, Black Lives Matter? Of course they do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm the first one to, to scream it from the top of my lungs because I feel that it's an important thing that I've seen growing up here in New York that's never gone away and needs to be addressed already. Yeah. So it's an it's a long time frustration that I've seen. Uh, I don't think this is a Latino moment. I think this is a Black Lives Matter, Matter, Matter moment, moment, even though Latinos are in, in there as allies. Yeah. But I don't think it's a Latino moment. And I don't and I think Latinos will have their moment to address some of their concerns or their issues. But For I sure. think I think right now it's a very clear cut situation. And as an ally, that's all you can do is acknowledge that, that it's their platform right now. We all got to push that platform because if, yeah. if, if they're not free, how are we ever going to be free? Yeah. Uh, if a culture that's been oppressed for so many years in this land is not free, 
yeah. then how are any of us going to ever, you know, expect to have some sort of like a, a, a an equal playing ground? Yeah. Um, For me, this time has been more of like uh, realizing, not realizing, but yes, realizing that um, my also being racially ambiguous and where in in what spectrum from the white and black I am but then also to realize the experiences that other people might have that I don't have and just because I don't have it I cannot say that 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 doesn't exist like for example um because I'm Puerto Rican I've seen a lot of people on social media just jump in and say You know, why are we in Puerto Rico saying Black Lives Matter and why are we fighting for that movement if in Puerto Rico there's not racism? And for me, it's just crazy because you cannot, just because you haven't experienced it, you cannot say it, it doesn't exist. And then also, it's not your experience. So maybe by you being racially ambiguous or by you being light-skinned, you have not experienced what other people in Puerto Rico, and we know that there is black people in Puerto Rico, experience. So for like the Latino community in general, I think this moment has been kind of like an eye-opening to realize that there is black people within the Latino community and that um, we should be open to their experiences too. Right. And that um, we cannot decide for anybody as, um, as, as for what they want to identify as uh, racially, gender, or even culturally. But we do have to um, realize and take into consideration that just because it's not your experience doesn't mean that doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it has been really eye-opening. I've been having also, um, besides talking um, with Chris, with, with my friends also, kind of like it has been like a new movement of like young people also um, like getting into the program of what's happening, how can you help, how can you learn more and and you know just just talking about it and, and sharing experiences and see how we feel about it yeah. and I think that's that's the best way to learn is to to have conversations that are gonna be hard are gonna be uncomfortable you might not you, you might be afraid to ask some questions but you you can if the the trust is there and all that I think it's I think um, there's been an old uh, cliche that uh, young Latinos or Latinxers or whatever you want to call yourself uh, <laughs> that we all kind of have had where it's like, oh, you know, well, it, it might be my grandmother. It might be mm -hmm. my, my parents that are that are um, old school and they don't know or yeah. they don't understand, uh, you know, that, yeah, they're from Puerto Rico or they're from Colombia or they're from Ecuador or wherever. Uh, but now we're here in the United States and here in the United States, you know, there's a racial issue and now you're in it. Right. You're part of it because you you're were living always, here. You were always in it. Exactly. But, But you just this didn't country, realize it. This country uh, exasperates it. This yeah, country yeah, really sure. makes forces people that are mixed to choose corners. For sure. And that exasperates the I racial mean, tension. And then, and then also, like, if you think about the history of racial and um, discrimination in this country, I saw a post you shared on Facebook that the... What was it? A girl that it was, uh, she wasn't allowed to mm. study... 
sweet. Yeah, the first the first girl that went to a in um, a mixed school. A to a mixed a black, school. A black girl that went to a, a you know an unsegregated school. She's only 65 she's years in, old right now. I mean, now. by now she's probably 70, but yeah, yeah. but yeah, she's in our lifetime. Yeah, let's say 80. That's not the that most. long ago. That's not that long ago, and I think that in Latin America, our experience with um, segregation and discrimination at that point goes back to thousands of no hundreds of years ago <laughs> well almost yeah. i don't know well, but we, but that's the thing but we it's have, a we longer to, it's a longer time and we have to study it and we do have to study it that's and, the problem and I we think have to discuss it I, I think you you told me something that that really rang with me and i think it might ring with some of the the latin culture people out there um that latinos have this thing about you you told me puerto rican specifically but i think it's it goes across all latin cultures yeah uh, they have this thing about the quote-unquote the perfect mix. Yeah. Like if you're Latino, that means that you're the perfect mix. You're you're 30% Indian, <laughs> 30% Afro, 30% European, and that's why we're perfect. And that's, yeah. And that's bullshit. Um, yeah. There is no perfect mix. There's no. Th- the minute you say perfect mix, that's racist. <laughs> like that's just you're rate you're yeah. rate you're you're exasperating and, and and amplifying the racial identity of people instead of just letting people be people. Right. Um. And I, I think that's something that we have to just look at our own cultures and say, do we know enough? What was the, uh, in your own country, wherever you're hearing us from, in Spain, in Mexico, I know we have listeners from all around the world on this podcast. Yeah. Analyze in your own country, what was the civil rights movement over there? Mm-hmm. Um, it, has it been successful? Um, and could there be more to be done? Yeah. Uh, when we have this cliche about our grandparents and our parents being old school, mm-hmm. what's making it uncomfortable for me right now is that I'm in my 40s and I'm seeing 20-year-olds sounding ignorant. I know. I'm seeing 30-year-olds sounding I ignorant. I know. Like I passed I passed the ignorant people now. And, and, now, now, and yeah. now I'm the wise grandfather looking at the young generation saying, what happened? I mean... So be, so it's my gra- it's my, my parents and my grandparents, and then it's, and I then know, it's I've the seen, young... I've seen that too. And it's... it's so it's not gone. It's it, got to be addressed. It got... Yeah. It's... Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot to digest, but I think it's important for us to keep talking about it to keep discussing it there's there's many theories and many terms out there on social media but i think the most important thing is for us to just keep the conversation going until you feel comfortable with something yeah right? and and this is not a conversation about finding exactly a solution no no this is a conversation into updating your perspective right update the way you see the world yeah. and update the way you see yourself that's yeah. all just update it because yeah. we're we're alive right yeah so we're ongoing we're a fluid thing we're growing so update yourself for 2020 and then but think l- ahead at the end of the day black lives matter <laughs> True. you wanted me to teach you right all right. Uh, there will be no hablando español. Uh, hablando español. Attention, everybody. <laughs> hablando español is canceled today. Just for this episode. Just for this episode, hablando español is canceled. It will resume its regular schedule. On episode ninety-seven. <laughs> um, yeah. No, this is not really an hablando español episode this time. Uh, normally, for any new listeners, uh, at this segment of the show, we would do an hablando español where we would try to go over some of our words that we spoke in English and kind of recite them in Spanish and kind of get that definition out there just to practice some Spanish. Um, I think this time, what I want to do is take this few last few minutes of the episode to talk about an experience 
experience that we had this last weekend yeah. um, at a memorial we, we got to contribute to. Uh, the actual memorial was today, on Tuesday. It was presented today. It yeah. was presented on Tuesday. Um, but over the weekend, uh, we got called quickly um, by Mears, Mears uh, of, of Five Points, uh, old graffiti friend of mine, uh, Marie Lajo, uh, who's his partner, who's also worked with us so much with Five Points in the Five Points case and the and uh, all the different um, Mosa, yeah, Mosa Bowery and all the different uh, history of Five Points. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there was a, a person who uh, there was a counselor in Brooklyn. Um, that wanted to organize like a memorial for uh, George Floyd, but they wanted to do a memorial where they wanted to have a list of a hundred names yeah. of victims of police brutality um, uh, of people, people of color and uh, have graffiti artists write the names on uh, black cutouts of figures um, that would be stood up for the memorial. Um, it you know we 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 got the phone call was it on friday and then we went out and did it on, on saturday? saturday yeah yeah the, the, the night before and then we a bunch of us agreed and we all met over there it was a bunch of the artists from five points um you know um, we brought our own supplies we didn't get paid it was basically you know us just saying you know what this is the right thing to do let's just do it um and we spent the afternoon there mm-hmm. um writing these names in our graffiti hand styles um I was I was very skeptical in the beginning. I, I I'm very skeptical of politicians. I get uncomfortable with being a puppet for a politician. It's very I, I get to, it's uneasy. But we reviewed what was the intention, and it sounded like it was okay to do. Like it wasn't like we were gonna accidentally send the wrong message in it in any kind of way. You know, mm-hmm. you you want to be careful that you don't, as an artist, that you don't send the incorrect message yeah. and that things get misinterpreted. Um, I think the idea made sense and it was fine. The, the message would probably be received okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I was worried mostly that people might misinterpret writing the deceased's names in graffiti, that they might misinterpret it as like we're. Uh, like part of like vandalism or like thugging them yeah. somehow you know what i mean like i i just i know that people have a perspective on graffiti that that maybe might be misinterpreted mm-hmm. but i was reassured when i heard that the councilman himself felt that yes it's the right thing to do graffiti is the voice of the streets mm-hmm. graffiti is the voice of the people um it would read better that way yeah um than just typing it out in some straight generic font yeah. that you would see like in a new york times or something uh so i i think i understood it um when we started doing the project and started taking the the silver markers and right everybody was you know switch taking turns writing different names in, in different hand styles when i started seeing people decorating the names going through the list one by one mm-hmm. um i think then i started feeling it i i I started feeling the experience because so many times on this podcast we've talked about art is not just the final product. Art is the experience of making the art. The process. The process is more important than the final product for the artists. Yeah. And I started feeling the process. I really did. Um, once I got like five names down and I started looking at the names and I started reading the names and memorizing the names so that I could write it down. And I started realizing that some of the names were, were repeating. Yeah. You know, there was another Eric. Another Steve. Uh, there was another guy named Brown. Another guy named Johnson. You know, 
And I started seeing these names repeating, and I was like, were they bro? I started thinking, were these guys brothers? Were they maybe related? And I started feeling weird, like, what if they were related? This is horrible. Yeah. Um, then I started finding names that I identify with, names that sounded like people that I knew. Because mm-hmm. maybe they were Spanish or something, and I was like, hey, that sounds like a familiar name. And then I started really thinking, like, man, that could be me. You know what I mean? That could be my cousin. That could be one of us. Yeah. Um, thank, you know, I mean, I got to count my blessings. Yes, it hasn't been. But, but it makes you identify with the victims more. And it makes you identify with the stories. Um, then, then when you started to see all the names come together on the, on the figures in, mm-hmm. all, in all the different types of script and, and handwriting, and they, they look so animated. Yeah. That it looked as if the person themselves came to sign their own and name. Then, yeah. Because it had a different handwriting style. It looked like different people signed it. Mm-hmm. That made it come to life. And that made me feel really weird and eerie. You know, yeah. at the moment, I started, I started getting a little more solemn. I, I started taking breaks a little bit and sitting down a little bit and kind of looking and like absorbing the, the, the moment. Because I was like, man, this is, these are dead people we're talking about. Yeah. Um, this is not just a piece of art. This is not just a... I don't, I don't think I've ever done a memorial I, in my in my career. I don't think I've ever done a memorial for anybody. And and I think this was the first time and, and maybe the last time because it really got to me a little bit. I started feeling it. And I don't know if I like that feeling. I, it made me feel upset. It made me feel frustrated. I mean, it's also the way that, you know. It's the story behind it. But, but yeah. you know, it, it it made me feel like I couldn't. I'm creating something that they probably would have appreciated and they're not here to appreciate. Yeah. Normally when I write somebody's name, I get to show it to them. Yeah. And they'll never see it. Yeah. Um, but overall, the memorial went well. I saw the video footage of it. We're going to post some of it on the Instagram, Cortez NYC Livestream, and you guys can see a little bit of the memorial and get a feeling for how it went down. But yeah. I think it was a special thing in Brooklyn. Shout out to the people nice. who organized it. Um, it, was, it was a beautiful Saturday. And this comes to the end of our episode. Yeah, that's the, this is it. But if you want to continue the conversation, follow us on Cortez NYC live stream on Instagram, uh, Cortez NYC live on Twitter, and Cortez NYC live stream on Facebook. And we can continue the conversation. Yeah. Uh, again, we're not, nobody, on this in this camp, we're not trying to find solutions. We're just we're, trying to talk. We're trying to talk. We're trying to get it out there. All right, Understand guys. each other. <laughs>